This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Due to a significant number of COVID cases, we are unfortunately announcing a postponement of the Florida LSU game uh, that was scheduled for Saturday. And uh, I've worked with um, Scott Woodward, the athletic director of LSU, along with the, uh, the SEC office, Charlie Hussey, Mark Womack, and of course, Commissioner Sankey, ten- tentatively have rescheduled that game for December 12th, which as you know, was a date put in the league schedule um, for, for circumstances like this because we anticipated there, there might be issues as we went through the season. That is Gators Athletic Director Scott Strickland an hour ago declaring that the Gators game against LSU will be canceled, moved to December 12th as long as everything goes right. How does this impact the rest of the schedule? And maybe the bigger story right now is Florida football has been shut down for now. How long will that take? What does that mean? And uh, it's the world we live in. We just lived with it in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans, and uh, they responded okay. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But on the college level, they had to anticipate some of this. They knew they were rolling the dice. And I I think Scott Strickland, I listened to his entire news conference, and I think he knows that. They know that. They knew these times could come. They don't panic because of these times. They don't love it. Uh, Nobody does. But uh, you have to be fluid right now in this uh, day and age and and the Florida Gators are doing that they'll have to do that you know they said uh, that they would have less than 50 percent of scholarship players available if you take into effect the contact tracing quarantines along with the positive tests so uh, you do the math on that 85 scholarships and you know they 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 uh, don't feel like they'd be able to play a football game and they're 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 right and they probably shouldn't play a football game (laughs) even if they didn't have those drastic numbers so uh Florida Gators game canceled against LSU. That was scheduled for 3.30 initially, moved to 4 o'clock, and now it uh, won't be played until December 12th, which is interesting because I don't think LSU is very good, like at all. I, I just don't think they're good. Like, there was a, I think the line was 13, 13 and a half or something. I, I think Florida was about to, ready to roll them Saturday in the swamp. Now we'll be interesting to see if Eddie O and LSU can figure things out and get a little bit better. It might be a more difficult game down the road. Uh, for the Florida Gators if there's a lot on the line. And the Gators lost to Texas A&M, so how much will be on the line is, uh, is, is unknown at this point, given the fact that they lost once. They still have some teams to play, including Georgia, right here in Jacksonville. Well, that's the other thing that came out. That was like quiet. I don't know if I missed the press release, but Friday it came out that they're not doing RV City. They're not doing any of the festivities, Hall of Fame luncheon, and they'll have limited capacity. They have not announced the capacity at the Florida-Georgia game here in Jacksonville on November 7th, but they're not doing it. Uh, they're not having a full crowd. They've announced that. It will be limited. Uh, so uh, I somehow missed that. Uh, well, I started hearing about it like on Sunday, Monday, but I didn't see it on Friday uh, for some reason. Uh, Florida Gators and LSU postponed. We'll talk more about it. Uh, Dan Mullen somewhat apologizes. I thought the star of today in Gainesville was Scott Strickland again. I think this guy's really good, really good. I'm not a Gator fan. Um, I'm not a fan of any, uh, you know, th- th- colleges around. I like to see them all do well. But I think we've had Scott Strickland on the show. Uh, I've been around Scott Strickland a little bit uh, at the Florida Georgia luncheon and, and other places, and I just think he's fantastic, and he's done a great job already at Florida, did a great job at Mississippi State. But I just think the tone of today was really well done by him. Uh, and also the way he responded to the Dan Mullen criticisms over the last couple of days. And we'll get to that, and we'll hear from him on that front a little bit uh, later on. Uh, were you taken aback by my text? No, about what? 
I just said WTF, Austin. Oh, yeah. No, it's all good, man. I oh, mean, okay. I, I get uh, all my friends say that to me all the time, so that's nothing new to me. We're oh. all good, man. Austin said he's going to be like two minutes later, a couple minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being late on this show. Anybody else that works for this show? Uh, come on, I I gotta be uh, first this, time all year. By the way, I was late. Is it first time? First time How this about year. That? That's impressive. Yeah. Now, and to to be fair, so I'm winning I that scoring column. Yeah, you're definitely dominating that one right now. Listen, and I I probably I could have stayed, but I realized that once I got to the building, I walked in. Well, my key card's in my cell phone, number one, like my cell phone case. Uh, yeah. But number two, I'm like, I should probably go back and get my cell phone just for the fact that, just in case the school called for Ronan for some reason, knock on wood, yeah, cause um, it, I would have my phone on Who's even saying? He's like, he doesn't even use his phone. He said, he said he doesn't need his phone. I know, phone. it's Why just for safety. I mean, like, if my wife was home today, I wouldn't worry about it at all. But since my wife's in Gainesville right now, I kind of have to step up and be a parent just in case I got a phone it call. It is like a 20-minute ride back to my house. And yeah. if I got here and didn't have my phone, I'd be going back home and getting my phone. I'm not doing three hours without my phone. Yeah. I'll admit it. No, it's a social good, man. dilemma. I understand I'm how you guys are. Child. I understand how you guys are. What, <laughs> let me answer this question. What's, what's the longest you've ever gone without a cell phone? Not, I mean, you can't even think of a day, can you? No, nah, I mean, it's mm. not even like, I mean, when I go work out at the gym, yeah, 45 minutes. Sure. When I sleep at night. <laughs> so, I don't even so about three hours. So about you three hours. It? Well, yeah, I check it all the time because I'm worried I'm going to get an email from someone that that's going to make uh, yeah, me I try, have to leave. I try the not gym. to. Once in a while, there'll be some like if there's if I feel like there's news happening or something like that, I might go peek over at it. But I, I usually put it down for the 45 minutes. You guys are slaves. Um, and outside of that, I can't even remember a day. Like I, yeah. I don't even know. Uh, I. If my phone broke right now in the middle of the show, I'd be leaving the show to go fix it. <laughs> You'd be in a panic. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, you still, I, I you see this your computer, man. You got email. I, I'm, now, that being said, it's probably broken before, and, yeah, and I yeah. probably have had a few hours without it. But, uh, I mean, I, I say this all the time. Like, you know, to me, I value, like, what you spend on something, almost like how much you use it, mm. right? Like, like, I'm not a big... Like it doesn't come into play with everything, right? I, I don't spend a lot of money on sneakers, sure. but I probably use them quite a bit. Sure, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, if you go buy something, say you want to go to Lululemon, all right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't shop there, but it's expensive. Neither do I, right? but I've heard good things. Oh, I know you guys yeah. have told me good things, yeah, but it's fantastic. expensive. Right? It's, it's, good. it's like yeah, seventy yeah. bucks for a shirt, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But my point being, like, if you wear that shirt, like, once every ten days, sure, out of the year, yeah. well. Then that's not a bad investment. No, like, especially a shirt that's like made a, out of angel hair. It feels you can like. buy a fifteen dollars shirt. Yeah, that you wear like twice a year. Yeah, and you never. Well, why do you spend the fifteen bucks? And more than likely, that fifteen dollars shirt's probably going to wear out eventually. You know, yeah. become shrink or something. So there's like that. some things like that. Well, okay. I say that all the time about the phone. Like people say, the phone's expensive. It I is. would pay. More for my phone than don't, I pay see, for my house. Don't I use say it more. that though, because they're always listening. Like Apple's going to hear that and be like, oh, you know what? Let's go ahead and boost those prices up a little bit to like three thousand. They just grand. came out with the twelve so grand. Probably three thousand. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Sir. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. I don't know. I we didn't in? check it. I saw there's a mini one. Oh, I didn't see that. Did you see the mini? So a mini a phone. Yeah. So well, I want bigger's better, no, people. But, but here's the thing: that the mini used to be the original, because it used to be like a plus, right? And now the mini is like the outlier one. Really? It's like we're going around in circles here. Yeah, it's we like are. It's like now the hot new thing. Check out the mini. We're on a yo-yo. Really? That was like the iPhone four had the mini. Just wait till you see their announcement of uh, headphones with cords. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Could you imagine? You had me at hello. Yeah. Uh, but I would. I mean, I listen. I use my phone more than anything I use. Like, sure. I, I would. Probably pay more a month for my phone than I would for my car. 
if I had to. Like, we're all suckered in now. If they want to yeah. all of a sudden jack the prices up. Oh, I'm out. See ya. Yeah, not many people would go out. Half been trying to get it. Half been trying to contact me. Then no, if you raise up like another thousand bucks, I'm going back to the the flip phone, man. I'm going back to Nokia. Yeah, be interesting to see how many people would. But they I'm so stubborn like that, Brent. You have no idea. Like even video games, you know, like Call of Duty, right? Yeah. So like when when you play, like it's free to play. But then obviously there's the incentives where if you spend like ten bucks here, ten bucks here, you get more maps, you get more guns. Oh no. No, there's going to be zero spending from me. So I'm going to get what I get. And if you try to talk me into, well, if you spend five extra bucks or you get the new cool camel skin, nah, man, I'm all good. Not spending any kind of money. It was free for a reason. Keep it free. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, some of it is out of principle. It's the principle. Right? I mean, Thank some you. does go to the principle. Uh, but I like I always say this, like in your house, like why does anybody buy a dining room table? Good Nobody point. uses a dining room table. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Like I've That's had what Thanksgiving our, was for. I have had our dining room. Ta- we have had our dining room <laughs> table since the Albany days, yeah. and probably probably early on. We had that house for five years. We were in Albany. We've been here for twelve. So let's just say fifteen years. Yeah. Like the amount of times we've eaten dinner at the dining room table. <laughs> yeah. That's in the dining room that really is is one of the most useless rooms in the house. Sure. Is, I mean, it's got to be. Let's be conservative and say. 15 to 20 times. Yeah, those days of eating as a family at the table are, are long no, gone. No, it's, it's not like an opening of, like, you know, Roseanne. Remember, the, like, the opening of Roseanne? <laughs> yes, where they're all, like, passed. Yes. No, no one does <laughs> that anymore. Nobody does People that. People got cell phones. People got places to be. Nobody does that. Nobody, Nobody does eats that dinner anymore. at 6 o'clock anymore. That's a good point. So uh, Those people call it supper, by the way. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, the Steph uses it as, like, where she tutors. Sure, It's sure. probably got pencil marks all over the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody uses it. But needless so. to say, though, as far as spending money, though, a bed, you can't go wrong with a nice bed. I think at least. Cause yeah. Just, think about how much time you spend on that bed. So go ahead and splurge a little bit and treat yourself. I agree. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not a picky bed guy. Okay. Although I probably should be more. Because be every time I get up, I'm hurting. Yeah. So, hey, you're supposed to rest and feel refreshed, no. not get up and dread it. No, no. When I get up, the first five minutes of the day over the last couple of years yeah. is the most miserable part of the day. Oh, Brett, like, you... I'm like, my shoulder's killing me. Can we, like, get, a bre- can we get, get a bed in- Brett, Can we get a bed endorsement for Brett Martineau here? Come on, man. I know. I need something new. But I just, like, I've always been the guy. I could sleep on a box of rocks. Really? It doesn't bother me. Like, okay. I'll sleep right here. It doesn't, it, like, I've never been, even yeah. with the ants. Um, <laughs> well, we have some radiators. I've just you. never been, like, I don't need that nice couch to sit on, okay. nice recliner to sit on. Like, okay. it doesn't do, you could line up three couches, mm-hmm. right? And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Just give me one. Okay. I'm just not that guy. I, I respect it. Yeah. I just Same think thing the, with the bed. I think the bed's different, I don't though, even you use spend a so much time on it. Time. Brent, you're killing yourself, man. What do you mean you don't use a pillow? Yeah. You just sleep without a pillow. Yeah. How do you, are you a vampire? How do you function? Uh, try your not spine to sleep probably you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure your spine can up. use a breather. <laughs> okay. Catching up a little. It is, for sure. Maybe look into that. Yeah. Is that what you suggest? I, look into it. Doc Austin. Yeah, yeah check it out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Coos. I got you, man. I got you. Coos looks like he's just got out of surgery with the blue mask. Looking good, Coos. <laughs> Speak into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Speak into the microphone. We can't hear you. <laughs> Uh, how about those Tennessee Titans? Wow, man. So I saw you tweet last night a little bit. Do you bit. like my tweet? Um, oh, I saw it this morning, yeah. I, I loved it because you know what? You're finally starting to come on board now. And listen, I hate the Titans. I, and I know you do. I know. And, hate you, and you didn't want to give them any credit. Nope. Uh, when Ryan Tannehill took over, they started having success. Zero credit to the Tennessee Titans. When they went to the playoffs, Brett Martineau, zero credit. Yep. When they went to the AFC Championship game, Tennessee Titans, zero credit. Smoke and mirrors. Going into this preseason, Tennessee Titans, zero credit. They're going to figure them out. 
Well, listen, I think it's time that we get, and listen, it pains me too. I'm not the biggest Titans fan. Better not but, be. But, but you got to give them a little credit here, Brent. The fact that they were, and by the way, NFL, look into it. Like, they had to have some practices all outside of the stadium. For as good as they were playing, you mean to tell me they were sitting out 10 days at home quarantining? Come on, NFL. They went seven for seven in the red zone. I know. Well, seven for seven. I mean, it was yeah. just like, they were flawless. Yeah. And... You know, Tannehill, I did this. I think I tweeted this at one point. Tannehill had 188 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry had 57 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. And they had 35 points. Now, I understand they got some turnovers. Yeah. But if you looked at the stats, like the Bills had five more minutes time of possession. They had more yards. They were like 11 of 15 on third downs. Mm-hmm. And they had the turnovers. Obviously, turnovers are king. I love how they say in the broadcast, they're like, well, Mike Vrabel says, you know, turnovers. No kidding. Every football coach that's ever existed hey, says turnovers are the difference in a game. Can we stop hey, with Captain that narrative? Obvious. Hey, Captain Obvious. Let's go. Absolutely. No, another thing, okay? Uh, and we'll get into the Titans a little bit because I do think there's something there, and i got to admit it. I'm sorry, Duval Doom. It's but, I rough. mean, I had to admit it to myself. I mean, they know how to win. But can we – I lo- listen, big fan of Derrick Henry. How could you not be? Huge fan. A local guy. The I hate Bulldozer. that he you plays for the Titans. you got to respect but him. But I, I love Derek, okay? Yeah. And he's unbelievable what he's done. I've, I've, I said he's one of the greatest of all time to come out of here now. Forget yeah. about what else he accomplishes. Poor Josh Norman. Thank you, first of all, Derek Henry. And thank you to Josh Norman, the Buffalo Bills. Mm. That Finally, they'll stop running the 99-yard touchdown no, highlight. No, they will. No, they won't. They will. No, no, they won't, Brent. We will see that play Brent. first. Brent. More yeah. impressive. That stiff arm or the 99-yard Brent. run. Brent, are you kidding? I mean, listen, I know you're looking at us with Jaguars goggles right now, but can we go back in time real quick and revisit those those painful days when Derek Henry ran 99 yards and stiff arm, I think, two people and bulldozed another person? Like that's what put Leon Jacobs on the map, unfortunately. So, 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 so don't sit here and say <laughs> he took him off the field. Yeah, so don't say that you know that stiff arm for maybe six or seven yards on Josh Norman was a bigger play and is going to be shown more than that ninety-nine yard run. I hate to tell you, man, and I hate to break your spirit, but that's not going to happen. I think it is. Okay, um, but I, at least for a moment, okay, we can talk about Josh Norman and the stiff arm. Sure, absolutely, right? yeah. So we thank him. It's a meme. You know what's crazy in our world, though? What's that? And, and Derek would probably say the same. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't say the same. But, uh, like, he didn't. It's not like he had his great game. Right? Like, Two touchdowns. Yeah, he ended yeah. up piling on a couple touchdowns there. Like, the nice bounce-out run. I, what did he finish with, do you know? Uh, it was like three-point-something three a carry or something, right? Like, I don't think he would sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I ran all over the Bills. No. Right? No, absolutely not. But in our world today... Everybody this morning is talking about Derrick Henry like he ran for 220. Sure. Like no, guys that, can that run for sense. 220. Yeah. Yet if you don't come up with that highlight play, yeah. we're not really talking about well, you. Well, that, that's the thing, though, Brent. <laughs> like, we, we live in the age of the highlight, right? And I'm trying to find what Derrick Henry had here. Um, he did have the two touchdowns. I know that. I'm having ESPN's kind of struggling right now, but needless to say, no, I agree with you. Like ESPN six ninety. Sorry, sorry, the, the, the ESPN uh, <laughs> website, not us. The, the, the whole box score thing's kind of screwed up. We're all trying to make it. We're all trying to make it, man. They're all, we're all trying to make it. But needless to say, though, yes, it is the highlight era, and it's especially the meme era where if you get memed like Josh Norman did, like he was wearing Crocs in the club, and security had to bounce him out, like he was wearing a tall tee or baggy jeans in the club or a starter jacket in the club, and he got bounced out, like that was the highlight. Highlight of the game. You can talk about Ryan Tannehill. You can talk about AJ Brown being back. But what do we all remember? Remember Josh Norman getting stiff armed and going like ten yards in the air. So with that being said, it doesn't matter if you rush for twenty yards or two hundred yards. If you have that kind of play, 
They're going to talk about you. Yeah, I, I think, like, if Derrick Henry did that to Ty, like, I would get it. Ty weighs 96 pounds. But the fact that he did it to a grown man yeah. just doesn't make yeah, sense. But, like, Derrick Henry's also a man amongst boys. Though. I you understand know that. that. I, yeah. You know what I loved about it? Maybe we can find it, Coos. But I love that he actually had a quote that he said, I've done too too many curls too or many something. Curls, yeah. That is not Derrick Henry's style. You ask Derrick Henry about, like, something, and he'll, like, dismiss it and kind of talk to him and stay very, sure. you know. He kind of gave very some, humble. He gave someone a one-liner. Yeah, and yeah. By the way, I don't mean he's not humble, but he just gave somebody a one-liner off that. Yeah, yeah. Which means he was probably pretty impressed with he, it too. He's having fun with it. Well, obviously, <laughs> if you see the reaction with his teammates, I mean, how could you not okay, kind of garner some kind of smarky comment? So, listen, I'm all about that, man. It's good to have a little personality there. Yeah, I want to do. Can we do at the wall that says it all? Maybe you can describe the art of the stiff arm. Like, I sure. don't understand how a grown person can go that far off this, like just off. An oh. arms, a stiff arm, man. Like if I did that to you, or you did that to me, I'm not. I don't well, feel yeah, like I'm going yeah, I want to see you do that to me and see what happens. Well, I know, my yeah. hurt. Uh, yeah. But I, but if you did that to me, I don't feel like 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 if you want to fight me in a cage, you'll knock me out. But if you want to run by me and stiff arm me, yeah, yeah, I just don't feel like I'm gonna leave my feet and go flying in the air for four. Like I might no. go. You might knock me down. Yeah. You might run over me. Right? Like we used to do in the backyard. You just Correct. run over somebody. Correct. But. I don't get the whole flying and <laughs> well, well, listen. So first of all, Derrick Henry he had 19 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. So obviously so a, a very modest, so a very modest day for Derrick Henry. Um, no, I agree with you. And listen, if you're Josh Norman there, you could do it all again. Odds are that you're going to go back and try to go for his legs, right? Any logical person would. I would try to do that. But listen, and. I'm I'm not a physics teacher. I never even took physics class. I, I've watched sports science before on ESPN. There's a little plug for you guys. Yeah, but, I like that but, guy. Yeah, but with that guy's awesome. What yeah. is he still doing his stuff? I, I haven't seen him in a while. Doing. Remember we saw him at the Super Bowl? Yeah, I kind of wanted to get him. I think he got starstruck a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I will. I think that guy's like awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, he guy's a pioneer. So, anyways, though, with your Josh Norman, like, listen, if you go back and do it again, you wouldn't leave your feet. You wouldn't tackle high. But when you're in that moment. And Derrick Henry's essentially trying to rush for a first down. Game's on the line. You don't think about that, Brent, right? Like, all of a sudden, instincts from PB football take over. It's like, listen, I'm going to do whatever I can to try to stop this running back from getting this first down. Unfortunately, Josh Norman didn't realize that at that moment that when he jumped in the air, that running back was not a PB running back. He was Derrick Henry. He was the Yuli Bulldozer and the events which took place followed after that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a great play. Yeah. I just, I'm so struck by our world sometimes. And yesterday was a great example of it. Mm-hmm. You know, even Ty, right? Ty is our world, right? That yep. age group. Absolutely. 15 years old, six, almost 16 years old. And he came home. He was at, he was out to dinner with a, a buddy for a birthday party. And he comes, uh, he comes in. He's like, Oh, I saw you tweeted about it, so you saw the Derrick Henry stiff arm, right? Yeah. It's like, first of all, get the hell off Twitter. And secondly, <laughs> too, you're too young. <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. We come back. Uh, we will spin it to the Jaguars. We'll talk more about the Gators and what's going on there. You'll hear more from Scott Strickland, hopefully even Dan Mullen, um, and what the latest uh, in Gainesville is and what others folks can do. By the way, uh, Fletcher has been closed until Monday, Fletcher High School, because they've had an outbreak. This isn't just sports-related now. That's for everybody out there. And those folks at Fletcher, as a kid at Fletcher, they just announced that, I think, in the last hour or so, that Fletcher will be closed until Monday. So, again, I mean, it, it's part of it. It's uh, In fact, I have been floored. My kids are at high, in high school. I have been floored that kids haven't been sent home. 
Like, yeah. in all. Like, there have been kids quarantined. But I've just been surprised the schools have actually stayed open to this point. I am a bit surprised by that. How much pressure, speaking of college football, though, with Florida, how much pressure is on the Big Ten right now to open back up? Like, are they hesitating a little bit? Or are yeah. they kind of all I systems go, you that. think? That, yeah. Let's talk about that a little yeah. bit later on. Because now will they look at this and say, oh, wait a minute. We yeah. were right. The presidents yeah, were yeah. right, you football coaches. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that in just a bit. But uh, when we come back, Gordon Minshew. Minshew talk today. Um... Still looks a little bit annoyed, especially with some. What up, Gene? <laughs> and uh, it's my dude. There, are they asking him to do too much? It was something we wanted to get to yesterday. We didn't, but actually, it's better today because Jay Gruden talked about it. Gardner Minshew talked about it. We talk about Gardner Minshew coming up next. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN six nine. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to visit with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You're muted. Mm, every time. When you watch the tape on the third and goal play, in which you had the little swing pass to LaVisca, any regrets about maybe not looking right first or, or, or creating some sort of deception because you seemed to look there right away and there was, uh, uh, you know, that alerted attack where LaVisca couldn't really, you know, make a move to try to get into the end zone. Yeah, it's similar to, you know, when, you know, you're about to do your job and then you don't unmute yourself. You yeah. Know, we, all, we all have things, you know, so... Uh, but no, we, we played within the play. Uh, they gave us a look that we weren't expecting. They played it well, made the tackle. That's how it went down. Thank you. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's my dude right there. It's the gift that keeps on giving, man. We should say that thank you for like a drop. What's that? Oh, the, the, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, the the backstory here is, if you don't know, so it's not an inside joke, is obviously all these news conferences are virtual. And now, you know, I mean, I, shoot, today I, I was like, this is the first time in a long time. You know, I lived in the virtual pandemic world for up until football season. Yeah. And now we're back in the building a lot because we just have, we do so many shows. So I'm not doing stuff from home. Uh, but the virtual press conferences we either do from wherever they're at. And so I'm on them, but they're spaced out. Well, today, I mean, we had a call for, Cox Media Group on yeah. the radio side. Uh, then I went right into the Gardner Minshew one I was listening to. Then the Chris Conley one. Then the Scott Strickland one. I was like, holy cats. I've wow. spent two and a half hours on Zoom. Just chilling. Right? Or yeah, teams yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So it was kind of odd. But anyway, in that world, you know, we obviously some of the tricks of every everybody's dealing with this, right? Sometimes you mute it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes the dog barks. Sometimes whatever. Yeah, life happens. But, and we say this because... We love Gene. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a big Gene fan. All right. I told uh, you. That's my dude right there. And so he, uh, he it's like he's if we're in the middle of a pandemic, it, pandemic, it's an epidemic with Gene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he always has something technical yep. uh, go wrong. And it's usually forgets, forgets to uh, unmute himself when sure. it's time to ask the question. Sure. And so that was a little bit of the, the backstory there. What else is uh, interesting is I, I feel like, and Gene's been questioning, you know, Gardner hasn't been playing great. You know, mm -hmm. they're losing. And so everybody's questioning and asking for, but there's been some terse kind of exchanges the last couple of weeks with Gardner, mm -hmm. uh, just based on some specifics. You know what? I think we had it last week with the short throw on first down yeah. against Cincinnati. Yep. And he got a little 
quick-witted on that one as well, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. I mean, but then so he is. this one was kind of similar, yeah. and he, ans- he didn't answer the question. Yeah. And Gene was asking about a specific play, and instead of answering the question, he kind of you know, said, yeah, it's kind of like not unmuting yourself and doing your job. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great answer by Minchu. It's kind of fun. It's funny. But I actually wonder, on top of being funny, is does it show a little bit of frustration right now for Gardner Minshew? Mm-hmm. You know, we had Josh Allen on yesterday. We talked about the noise, right? Mm-hmm. He watched the broadcast. He saw it. Chris Conley yesterday, I think it was, I saw on social media, talked about the noise on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ Chark last week talked about the noise on social media. Yeah. You know, this is like, again, this isn't like a one-off thing. If you go back, if you want to go back 10 days, I can give you four or five different circumstances now that it's been brought up mm-hmm. on a young football team in this world where you got to take yeah. the bullets, you know, uh, and I just feel a little frustration from Gardner Minshew. I, I, some of it's fun loving, some of it's because he's got that fun personality of Jabia. But I think this is a little bit more frustration too. Like, all right, you guys going to question every single pass play, every single this, yeah. uh, or it just might be internal frustration with the one and four record. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, like. With Gardner Minshew right now, obviously, you get the sense that he's maybe pressing a little bit. And I think, you know, with, with Gene Fernand, who's been doing this job for a very long time, probably the most experienced guy, I would say, in the Jacksonville media, Absolutely. hands down. So like, and you it's know, not this just Gene. I mean, no, he's not the only one asking questions. Correct, so. correct. And this, this isn't Gene's first rodeo, right? But from Gardner Minshew's perspective, you know, obviously, he watched that film probably three times over. It's not fun to watch film when you lose. It's it's one of the worst things you can actually put yourself through. But obviously, you have to get better. You have to learn from your mistakes. So I'm sure Gardner Minshew's probably talked about that play now maybe 50, 100 times, right, of what he has to do Absolutely. better. And then I just think that when that question arises and it reiterates itself, that's obviously a frustration from Gardner Minshew saying, man, like, what do you want me to tell you? I, I screwed up. I messed up completely. My fault. It happens in the game of football. And I just think that was an example there of Gardner Minshew still using his quick wittiness, but also just being frustrated. At, well, I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah, like, yeah. You, 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 you tell me that I messed up. Obviously, I know I messed up. You know I messed up. Let's move on. Well, I think the role of the quarterback is interesting in the NFL in terms of availability to the media. Mm. They are usually available right after the game. Yeah. And then they're available most of the time on Wednesday or some, I think some cities they do it on Thursday, but Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Well, if you think about that, right after the game on Sunday, they're emotionally drained. They're physically spent. They mm-hmm. haven't seen film. They can't, they could take it through a play or two. And even we as the media haven't dissected things like we did for the next couple of days leading up to Wednesday. So by the time Wednesday comes around, what's the old adage in the NFL? 24 hour rule. Yeah. Well, so in your mind as a player, you've dismissed that game. Now, the quarterback knows you might get a question or two about it, but when internally you've dismissed the game. I mean, it's it's one of the wildest things that players do. They, they 24 hours later, that thing's gone. It's on to the next week. And so I think that is always interesting, right? Like the fact that we're still asking Gardner about a player or two or three, sure. and not just Gardner, but any player or quarterback uh, that speaks on Wednesday, while his mind now is totally turned to the Detroit Lions. Correct. And so I think that, I just think that part is interesting. Add in losses. Like, guys don't mind talking about plays that win you games. Without a doubt. Of course they don't. <laughs> but to your point, they've already seen it. They've yeah. explored it. The coaches have talked to them about it. They've answered questions internally about it. Now they're answering more questions. And I, I just sense, listen, I don't care. I don't mind any of this stuff. I, I, I think uh, Gardner's a guy that probably wears it on the sleeve a little bit. He says a lot of the right things. He protects his players and the offensive line and the receivers. He takes a lot of the accountability. That's what quarter, quarterbacks should do. This isn't a criticism of 
of Gardner, uh, he handles himself well. He knows he's a bright guy uh, and he's good at leadership position. Yeah. But I think it is a sense of frustration right now internally. I think over the last 10 days, we've seen that from various players, including Gardner Minshew, that what they're doing isn't working. This is such a big opportunity for especially Gardner right now. And they're one and four. And as you say, it, the numbers we can talk about and have fun with, but the, the W's aren't coming. Yeah. And if the W's don't come, well, it's not going to look good for a lot of different people. So I think uh, at least I do. And maybe I'm misreading it, but I'm feeling a sense of frustration out of number 15 at, at what's going on in the first month. No, listen, I think there's a, a sense of frustration not only from Minshew, but that entire team. As there, Guess what? As, as there should as be. There should be, yeah. You know what? Because losing's not fun. Um, having to show up to work every single day, knowing that you lost the p- previous week, and I've done a lot of that. It, it's one of the worst things to do, right? It, it's hard to, to find motivation be like, all right, another day at work, uh, another day of physically taxing myself and also mentally taxing myself. For what? We got beat last week. So th- those are hard obstacles to overcome, to say the least. My surprise comes, though, Brent, is, and you heard from DJ Chark, I think you mentioned it with Chris Conley, which I haven't heard yet, but just the self-awareness of the social media angle. Yeah. Like, how many guys are seeing what's being said on Twitter or are seeing what the the radio stations are saying, hopefully they're listening to us, obviously, but um, are just seeing what everyone's got to say about them, because guess what? And spoiler alert, you guys are one in four, so I can guarantee you right now the stuff on social media is... It's not going to be good because people that want to type stuff on social media are either two two of things. They're, they're super passionate and they're happy with how the team's doing or you're one and four and they're fed up with how the team's doing. So to me, and once again, like I understand maybe I'm kind of a get off my lawn type of guy right now because I, I mean, I had Twitter when I played, but not as much as obviously it is now. But you have to actually make it an effort. And subconsciously make it a goal to go out there and be offended by social media. Yeah. You have to literally search your name in or go on your mentions, go on your DMs and say, oh, let's see what this guy's got to say about me. Oh, what do you know? He's pissed. He's ticked off because I lost the game. Like, what What good comes of that? Like, I'll never understand. I, I get it from a point where players want to use that as motivation. So be it. If you need some guy that sits in his mom's basement that eats Cheetos to tell you you suck at football to motivate you, then so be it. Have at it. But what I just can't comprehend is the players that go out there looking for criticism, searching for criticism, and then get upset when they find it. Like, don't go to the beach and get mad because you got sand in your shoes. Don't go on social media when you're one and four and get mad because people are fed up with one and four. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, my feeling on it always is said, and I, I've said it countless times, you've heard it before, it's just these guys have to wear the last dozen years of failure around here. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But they've got to wear it. Uh, it's not on them. They didn't create it. They haven't lost 90-whatever games in the last however many years. Uh, but they're wearing it. And when you lose, you're wearing it, unless you're changing it around, yeah. right? And and that's really, you know, it, it's going to be a kind of the point of the Tennessee Titans talk a little bit. Well, we can do it here in another minute. It just doesn't take very long. But what I saw last night in the Tennessee Titans, the reason why, like after 15 days of all that COVID stuff, and by the way, I'm not buying into the whole Taylor Lewan world against us and Tannehill world oh, dude, against the, us. The, I mean, the, the whole Ryan Tannehill thing. I mean, come, both of them. What'd you expect? You guys have been out for twelve days because of COVID nineteen. You, you, you changed the whole damn the schedule. Whole schedule around. I don't have Thursday night football. What am I gonna bet on? I'm a degenerate. You, the, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, but you, you, the the Titans alone for whatever how it happened. Yeah. All right. And we do think they were at some fault because it's not happening anywhere else Correct. to this degree yet. Correct. The Titans made a 
They were the catalyst for nine schedule changes in an email that came out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nine. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to feel bad for the Titans? Like you were sick of hearing it? Yeah. I mean, you you got lucky you didn't have to forfeit the game. I know. Right? Yeah. It just... Yeah, that, that, that's, it's, it's, I know we're all over the place here. I'm well, going from no, Minshew to the Titans. No, but, to the, the, but, but, but it's all under the same umbrella, and it's all under like, it has the same tentacles. Even like with LeBron James, we talked about yesterday, where it's like, show me some respect. Well, LeBron, who's not giving you respect? Like Tennessee Titans. I mean, are you really surprised people were upset because you know the whole schedule had to be you know kind of predetermined and, and moved around because of what you guys did? And you expect this just to go, oh, that's cool. It's all good. Let's go ahead and change the whole schedule, the whole season around, because one team can do things the right way. What did you expect? So it all falls under the same umbrella where it's like, and I don't want to call it delusion, because I think people are self-aware. I mean, this is, listen, you talk about the modern era athlete. They're extremely self-aware. They know what's up. But don't tell me that you heard the, the, the blowback and you heard the, the negative feedback saying how everyone's upset with you. Well, no kidding. Color me shocked. I'm still upset with you. I'm upset that you won that game. I want you guys to lose so it can prove a point. Only thing I've proved now is that we don't need practice anymore. You can just do whatever you want to do because obviously you can come out playing one of your best games of the season and not even practice. The, what, the interesting thing about all that is the Titans organization was kind of like at the front and center of this. and, and yeah. they, Well, because they were testing positive and they were being investigated and there were pictures of them at a facility practicing when they were told not to. Yeah. Like. You brought the attention on you. Yeah. No, and nobody really singled out a player that I could see. Like, I, I mean, I didn't see every article or whatever written, but it's not like, Ryan Tannehill, this is your fault. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, sometimes I think these guys are so damn soft, or I just don't know if they're in this bubble that I couldn't even try to create myself. Like, it's just I a world that is so different. Yeah. The bubble they create. And I understand sometimes they have to. You know what? They have to. When you're one in four, you have to create that bubble. Sure. And then sometimes you create this like a ima- it's like you're four years old and you're this imaginary world. It's like you're this superhero and you're creating this yeah. whole scene for yourself. And that's what athletes do. And that's what this reminded me of with the Titans. It's like, how are you sitting there in a postgame news conference saying it was us against everybody? We were getting our feelings hurt. Yeah. You know, you guys were being mean to us when you almost screwed up. Two weeks of the NFL season. Listen, to me, whether it's normal everyday life or it's professional athletes, there's two types of people. There's the self-motivated and there's the, you know, outside force needed to be motivated. Yeah. And I think a lot of professional athletes these days, especially in football, they rely on those outside forces to try to get a little extra motivation. Now, it's that's easy to do when you're losing, right? Because when you're losing, it's hard to go to the stadium every single day. So you need those outside forces to motivate you to get up early and be like, hey, you know what? They don't want to see me make it. Let's yeah, yeah. go. But when you're undefeated and with the whole COVID-19 thing, you've been out for 12 days or whatever it's been, and you expect the outside forces to motivate you because for whatever reason you felt like you were offended or whatever people had to say, that's a different type of animal right there. It's kind of, it's the Tom Brady effect. When Tom Brady last year was saying, you know, like, I, I got to prove people wrong. Well, no, Tom. Everyone's calling you the GOAT for a reason. Like, just pre-contrive you know, that in your mind and see what happens. But it's all part of the athlete, Brent. I have been here 12 years. I hate the Titans. I've hardly had enough respect for the Titans. I feel like sometimes they win with smoke and mirrors. Like, I, I don't even know if people in Nashville think the Titans are that good, yet they're 4-0. Like, yeah. that's what way I have my present. I finally tweet something nice about the Titans. 
last night, and they can't even follow suit in their own press conference no. after they win with saying, hey, this shows See, the happens. mental toughness of us. See, this shows how physically yep. tough we are. Shame we can on handle you, anything. No, instead we're going to whine like a bunch of five-year-olds yep. that get you were picking on us. Get on them, Brett. Hey, shame on you for showing them respect. It Damn. takes respect to get respect. And guess what? Hey, Tennessee Titans, you lost all respect from ESPN 690. Derrick Henry, you're still cool, though. Yes. I don't want to mess Please with you. Please don't stiff arm me. Yeah, I don't want to mess with you, dude. <laughs> We're All good. Right. Hey, when we come back, more on Minshew. I'll get into the Titans and the, my thought on what I said last night because it relates more to Doug Marone and the Jaguars organization. But let's go Minshew next on ESPN 6 and 9. You know, every week our design is to go in there and run the football, pound the football. Unfortunately, I've done a poor job of sticking with it. Uh, so it's something that uh, something we have to obviously get better at and be uh, aware of the game, the situation, and all that. Obviously, sometimes late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, if you take out uh, that part of the game in the last two or three weeks, it's hard to run the ball. Uh, but we do have to go, do a better job early in the games to try to maintain the run and, and, and keep our linemen uh, pounding the rock a little bit and keeping the pressure off Gardner. I'm almost afraid of this week because now I feel like the Jags are going to they're picking up on the narrative. And I hope the coaches aren't just listening to the narrative and the questions being asked. And all of a sudden now they're going to go run it 42 times on Sunday. I mean, I just have a feeling. Well, to be fair, the Lions uh, rush defense is pretty bad. It's awful. Yeah. Like, so I understand you have to do it more. But like, I get what they're saying. Uh, they're I think the, they're the worst run production or, or the least run oriented team in the nfl 33 percent of the time uh boy what a how far have they gone from <laughs> coughlin and 17 and marone and 17 can to we this? have a happy medium can well, we just have a hey can we have balance that's Brent? my point right so it's like why are we 180ing everything yeah right and can there be this balance but i think uh jordan delugo uh had the the tweet today i saw he said in the first half it was 15 uh they're 15th in the nfl in terms of rank of how much they run the ball. Oh, so they do stay okay. more balanced in the first half, but then the games are getting away from them, skews the numbers, right? And I think they've also had some two-minute drives at the end of the first half that have probably skewed some of the numbers. The bottom line is, when you your job is to expose other teams' weaknesses. I'll just take last game as one that they didn't expose the weakness of the Houston Texans. No. Instead, they ended up throwing it 49 times, which is a strength of the Texans because J.J. Watt can go do his thing. And if, if they're any good on defense, they, if J.J. Watt's involved in every play, mm-hmm. you know, or those guys, Merciless and others. So you have to attack the run. And then if it doesn't work, then you abandon the run at some time. But your best weapon right now, one of your best weapons, no doubt James Robinson, and your weakness of your opponent is stopping the run. You have They know that, too. So they're going to emphasize it, but you have to at least see if it will work. And when it does work, go back to it. And it's a tough job, the OC, but you got to have a feel for it. And the feel has seemingly been off at critical times, even in the first three quarters the last couple of weeks. See, to me, it's all about earning the respect of that defense, that defensive coordinator, where you kind of have them on their heels a little bit. Is it going to be a run? Is it going to be a pass? We don't know what to do. And I felt like towards that third quarter, you knew it was going to be a pass every single time, and the Texans didn't respect the run at all, and you saw what happened after that. Yeah, and this is a showcase for Minshew. Are you giving him a, the? Are you putting him in the best situation? Are you asking him to do too much? That's really going to be our topic here in the four o'clock hour. And so I think those are valid questions. Like there, it doesn't mean he can't do it. It it doesn't mean you're afraid of him doing it. It's just does it make sense to do it as much as you're doing it? And they have to look at these last couple of games and say, wait a minute now, come on. 
let's bring this down. Nobody, they don't even throw Patrick Mahomes 49 times. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't. Uh, you know, the, Russell Wilson had like 30 pass attempts last week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not even the great quarterbacks in the NFL are being asked to throw it 49 times. The quarterbacks that are being asked to do it are really sometimes the younger, like Burrow and people like that. Well, that's not where you want to be. And some of that's because you're in chase mode. I understand. we got a couple calls on the line, so let's get to it right now. We'll begin with Kevin. Uh, let's get to Kevin right now. Although Koo said we might have started with Sean. Uh, what do you want me to start with? Kevin's already on. Kevin's on. All right. Good deal. Uh, we'll get you both in. What's yeah. up, Kevin? What's up, guys? I just want to talk about Josh Rosen real quick because it seems like He's one of the most coddled players by the media in recent memory. Just, like, completely stunk up the joint. He would make excuses for him. Oh, it's this and that. And what does Kyler Murray do? He comes in, and he's playing, like, completely changed the franchise around. They actually are competing with the best teams in the league. I just don't understand why they coddled this dude. Like, he's probably going to be cut from the league. What's the deal with that? But thanks for taking my call. No problem. Go ahead. So what's the deal with Josh Rosen? Well, listen, Josh Rosen was a victim of a bad circumstance. Okay, now keep in mind, remember when Josh Rosen got drafted, how he kind of had this cocky attitude Mm -hmm. towards him? So he had a chip on his shoulder already. And having that, that can be beneficial, and it can add a little extra motivation. But if you have too much of that, it can turn some people off, especially being a rookie. So he had that going from the rookie year. Obviously, you have Kingsbury come in. Kingsbury had different visions. Josh Rosen goes goes to Miami, and he does what he does in Miami. Now, obviously, you could say, well, the circumstance in Miami wasn't that good for Rosen, and I would probably agree with you. But at the same time, you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick said, yeah, circumstances, probably not the best here, but you know what? I'm going to make it my home. I'm going to try to do the best with what I have. And that's the reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins right now, and Josh Rosen is in no man's land. Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? And Kingsbury wanted to reset it, and they yeah. think they could improve and get better than what they had. I still think Rosen is interested in me. I don't think he got a fair shake, number one, mm-hmm. or there's terrible quarterback evaluators in the game. Because I don't understand how you can evaluate him as a first-round pick, maybe even second-round pick at worst, and then all of a sudden say, oh, no, I mean, 16 games, that's enough. Like, yeah. we, we, well, he can never play again. But, like, yeah. I, that's a, that's a big-time, across-the-board misevaluation in the NFL. No, it is. But to be fair, though, Kingsbury saw Rosen's like, maybe he is a good quarterback, maybe he's not. But guess what? Like, he's not what we want. Yeah, like, yeah. He's not the guy not that's going to spearhead yeah. my offense. Well, but now he's and going to Miami, Miami and now yeah. Tampa. No. <laughs> you know, no, no, I hear you. And then Miami, I think, it was just the fact that, listen, he, he just, whether it was just not enough reps or whatever the, the case may be, he didn't perform well. And Ryan Fitzpatrick played better than him, and it is what it is now. Yeah, beauty in the eye, by, eye of the beholder, meaning sure. Mitchu, some people could like. But if they have a new regime come in next year, it might be somebody else that they want to bring in. I mean, yeah. that happens in business. It happens in sports let's get sean on real quick before we go to the top of the hour i uh, got to make it fast and then we'll answer the question on the other side sean what's up all right real quick uh, i'm glad you guys answered that question first because now because it, it ties into my question who was the perfect qb for the jags who do you think would be the perfect qb for the jags you want somebody for the last seven qbs that we've had they've been kind of uh you know just passive they don't seem to be yelling at the line like peyton manning or drew Brees or or Aaron Rodgers and all of them who would you i mean the, the Jacksonville fan base seems to want guys who want to hold people accountable while they're on the line. Who you guys want for QB that's like that? 
Very good, Sean. I appreciate it. That's a good question. It does tie, it ties actually right into where we're going. Are they asking Gardner Minshew to do much? Do too much? Can he handle it? Can he do more? What does the franchise quarterback look like in Jacksonville? Some of those questions will piggyback on Sean's question when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hanging out on a Wednesday. Thanks for hanging with us on 10 different platforms. You can watch on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or listen in your car on ESPN 690 on the stream, ESPN690.com, and on a bunch of different apps as well. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.